This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all A Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With Dylan Hafer Hold on, check me, bro And Barry Rosenfeld I need to start drinking alcohol Now go to sleep, we Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast I'm Dylan Hafer And I'm Barry Rosenfeld Happy Tuesday. We were Yay. off yesterday uh, for the holiday, but we're excited to be back today, obviously, um, talking about Salt Lake City and Potomac. And we also have a wedding that we need to discuss, which we were not planning on having a wedding that we needed to discuss, but there was a surprise wedding. Did do you know that these people were dating? Yeah, so... They went public with dating, like, I want to say last week. Oh. Like, Megan <laughs> had, like, posted a photo of them with, uh, so it's Megan, <laughs> Megan King. So, formerly so Megan. the people we are talking about are. <laughs> In case you are not, you know, mind readers, uh, Megan King, formerly Megan King Edmonds of Real Housewives of Orange County, married Cuff Biden Owens, who is the nephew of president Joe Biden. And they had a, an intimate wedding ceremony at, I believe his parents' house and the president and first lady were in attendance. So it was, you know, I, I really had to resist calling it a Royal wedding yesterday. Cause it just feels Thank like God that's kind of like, that's just kind of like, it feels like, Oh, like the president is at the wedding. Like it's right. like, whatever. <laughs> But yeah, so they've been dating for, it's a little unclear, but like maybe weeks, maybe months, but not very long. Um, and Megan said they just knew. So. Uh, yeah, that's what they all say, don't don't they? So <laughs> congrats to the, them. I have the no idea who he cute. is. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody really knows who he is other than like, <laughs> he's Joe Biden's nephew. <laughs> like, I would be so upset if that's just like, how I was known now. Oh, you married Joe Biden's nephew. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know very much about this um, specific nephew, but I feel like just being like in this family is mm-hmm. definitely an upgrade from Jimmy Edmonds. Well, depends who I, you're talking to. Because if you're talking to a baseball fan, I don't know. Well, I mean, I grew up, you know, St. Louis, born and raised. I grew up as a Jim Edmonds fan, but yeah. like, oh, so you days? To the, yeah, <laughs> I mean, these days, I don't know if I don't know if I don't know if old Jimmy is really. Um, Honestly, uh, Megan has looked very happy lately. I'm happy she, for she her. Like happy. it's just you know a glow. She has a glow, a new wedding glow. Yeah, she looks really pretty in the pictures. She wore like a a little white blazer dress, which is a fun kind of impromptu wedding vibe i want to know what like what does joe biden think about like does he know that real housewives exists like does he is he aware of like this woman's past 
does he know that she is An like a legend for her role in finding out that Brooks did not have cancer? Like I, for all of his accomplishments, like I would hope that he also, when he was attending this wedding yesterday, researched um, Megan had Megan King. Yeah, like I hope that he was equally, you know, clued in or like briefed on Megan's accomplishments. So, <laughs> next family dinner, I am Megan is not the kind to stay quiet, so I feel like she is. She will bring it up if she hasn't already. Yeah, no, and um, and Vicky definitely was not at the wedding, so. She didn't, she didn't get the invite. Um, wow. Okay, let's talk about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City first. Um, so this episode, obviously, we're dealing with the aftermath of the blow up at Casino Night. Mm-hmm. So Lisa and Whitney, you know, their relationship has sort of reached a breaking point of it feels like something sort of something has to happen because after this whole thing of, you know, Whitney accusing or, you know, like insinuating to Angie that Lisa was behind the caterers canceling, you know, Lisa is so upset about this still. And it's, it's so interesting. I know, obviously you're not a big fan of Lisa Barlow, but just watching the way that she is like rationalizing this, she does it with John. And then Later, even when she meets with Whitney, she's like so insistent that she doesn't have a problem with Whitney. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, but you do. <laughs> you you do have a problem with this woman. And watching her be like, I don't understand. Whitney is the only one with the problem. So all that needs to happen is for Whitney to say, to, I, to stop having a problem with me. It's like, that's not how, that's not how like conflict between two people works. Yeah. I think that Lisa Barlow is the type of person where she thinks like it's like when she walks, like people should just clear the side, like people should just move aside and let her stroll. Like that's how I think she lives life. Yeah. And so, so when she says that Whitney has a problem with her, she means like Whitney won't fucking get out of my way. Exactly. <laughs> and she is it it was it was very like wild to watch this and obviously we'll get to the end like that night but it was uh, of her and Whitney talking but like yeah she just isn't getting it and that's why i said a few weeks ago where it seems like a connection of why her and Jen are friends because they just like get each other but those are yeah. not the types of friendships you want to have right she and Jen are both good at sort of um cherry picking the facts of what's actually happening so that it fits their like weird skewed mental narrative of a situation and you know then we see Whitney talking to Mary about the situation with Lisa and you know Whitney is kind of in this place where she's like yeah like after all the stuff that Lisa showed me like I don't know if I want to be friends with her because you know if she can treat me like that, then like, why would I want that as a friend? And Mary, for all of the like 
for all of the like delusional stuff that we get from Mary, she also does seem to have like a pretty good read on some of these women's relationships because she just like she called out Heather for her like friendship juice with Jen. She also is kind of calling bullshit on Whitney. And she's like, you definitely do want some kind of friendship with Lisa or like some kind of respect that you don't feel like you're getting from her because otherwise this woman wouldn't like, it wouldn't be affecting you like this because, you know, like Whitney is so fixated on like, you know, she says she's better than me. And like, you know, I just think that we can figure out a way to work this out. Whereas like thinking about it, it's like, but why do you want to, like, why do you want to have anything to do with her? I think from Whitney's perspective, well, from my perspective being Whitney, she doesn't want to necessarily be friends with Lisa, but she doesn't want someone being Lisa, not liking her or having a problem with her. But I don't think, I think she thinks they can move forward and be cordial, but she's like always going to like watch Lisa like from the side. But also after we recorded last week about the whole uh, catering thing, they started posting receipts, like everything. And I was like, I questioned believing Lisa for a second. I was like, oh, maybe. And then I was like, nah, better not better stick with my gut. I will say I do think Lisa produced some pretty convincing receipts that it wasn't her. Like, obviously, we'll never know mm-hmm. 100%. And to be honest, it doesn't really matter. I mean, right. <laughs> I feel like Angie, it, it remains to be seen if she's in any more of the season. But right now, she seems like the quintessential like friend they introduce simply to use as like a plot point. Because this episode, obviously, we're still talking about sort of the, you know, the aftermath of what happened at her party. But like Angie is nowhere to be found. She is not a character in this story any longer. Right. Okay. But we also need to talk about the fact that Mary has somewhat turned into Erica Jane of some sort in this episode. Because when she was talking to Whitney and Whitney's children, she comes with this story how a church member got into an accident and was ejected from the sunroof and fell down 30 feet into a neighborhood and then ended the story right then and there. And 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 Whitney's daughter, Bobby, (laughs) is she alive? No. 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 That's why you got to wear your seatbelt and then started dancing. I was like, happy to be here. Woo. (laughs) She has like a light on her. Like she just like brings light, but in the wrong situation. Like what, what are you supposed to say to that, to a story like that? It, it was right. just- and I, and that like Whitney and her kids are listening to the story in like, like equally in disbelief of what they're hearing. And somebody found a news story about that accident. So it really? like is fully a true story. It's just oh, yeah, like, yeah. The way, I believed it was true. It was just the like way the timing in which and she her... told it was like so surreal. It's like, exactly. What, what's happening right her now? Her delivery is a little <laughs> weird of a story like that, but I, it, I believed it. It just, you know, it was, it was a little off, but. Okay. Let's, let's talk about the, the sit down, the sit down. that we've all been waiting for. Okay. First of all, Bro- Jen, Brooks and Jen breaking bread together. Jen Shaw makes me this is like Jen Shaw makes me never want to buy a Gucci bag for the rest of my life. I will, 
but she, <laughs> that outfit, I'm sorry. The, the Gucci trench coat, the juicy, the juicy. Oh my God. The juicy couture, the Gucci trench no, coat, true. the Gucci sweater, the Gucci tights. Like it's a, it's a bit much. You're meeting like a 20 year old to talk about something. You don't need to like, it was a little much for me. It was a little tacky. But then I think, I think the bag that was on the table was Chanel. So it's like, and she like placed it down lightly. I was like, Oh my God, Jen, Jen, this, this scene is so funny. So I don't think they had, had sort of revealed in the preview that Meredith actually accompanies Brooks to the sit down. There was no way she wasn't going to like, no way she was. So they walk in, you know, Jen's already there. And then Meredith and Brooks, you know, want some some time alone to talk things through, which they're I mean, they're both adults. We've established Brooks no, Jen, is an adult. Jen and Brooks. Jen and Brooks. Yes, yes. Um, so Meredith goes and sits at the bar, like she can't be more than 10 feet away. Like, I'm sorry. Oh my god, if, like if five either, feet. If either of them raise their voice above like a loud whisper meredith will hear everything they're she saying. was also staring at them like her stool was faced at them and she was texting the whole time but kept like looking up and like checking in and <laughs> if i were brooks i'd be like mom like i i see like i see it's okay but, like she's not even sitting at like a booth across the restaurant she's literally just like oh like, i'll be right here at the bar <laughs> she, i'll be here if anyone needs me Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they're the only shapewear that won't ever roll down no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honeylove on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com slash MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at Honeylove honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honey Love. I feel like we've all had that moment where you're at somebody's wedding and you're looking around, the food, the venue, the music, the overall vibe, and you're making like that mental checklist of if I were planning a wedding right now, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. What would I want to copy from this? What would I want to change? What would I want to tweak? Well, I've been a part of my fair share of weddings over the years, and I know just how stressful the process can be. You go from that newly engaged bliss to overwhelmed by invitation paper and flower colors in the blink of an eye. But using Zola helps with wedding planning from start to finish and makes every decision easier so you can stay in your bliss. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake, Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and even maybe enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or on your couch. 
Zola helps couples plan the wedding they really want. With tons of unique features and personalized recommendations based on a couple's preferences, every Zola wedding is as unique as the couple planning it. They've thought of everything you'll need and have built every tool to get you to I do, including customized checklists to get you moving, keep you on track, and prepare you for what's next. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A dot com. The whole tone of this sit-down is kind of bizarre because, like, it feels almost to me, I don't know if this is actually what happened, but it almost feels like Brooks and Meredith and Jen, like, came to some sort of agreement about, like, what conversation needed to happen so they could, like, move forward. And it almost feels like we're just, like, going through the motions. Because if you think about, like even at the beginning of last episode at like the ice fishing, Jen was like so hysterically angry about, and like Meredith was so mad too about this whole situation. And it feels like so quickly we've gotten to the place where like Jen says, she's sorry. Brooks is like, okay. And then Jen like says something else about, but I was just, you know, responding about my vagina and like everything is okay. And it just feels like, we've gone from it being this like massive feud and Meredith doesn't know if she can ever move past it to like, Jen's going to say what she's going to say. And then you're going to accept it. And we're going to, things are smoothed over. It feels like we've gotten to that point really quickly. And I'm not mad because I kind of am ready for this, you know, issue to be put to bed, but it's like, is this like fully real? Like how things are happening? I think that we just learned from this that Jen needs to talk to people that are half her age. And that's that was like the outcome. That's seriously how I watched it, because Brooks is very mature. He said coming from him, he was telling her how he felt. And I think Jen has never actually heard that before, because coming from his mom, that was like one step removed you know, and she was hearing it from someone um, like straight on. And I think she got after this always happens with Jen. She needs like time to settle down. So after she thought about it and she went in with an open mind, hopefully she like took in what he had to say. And she was like, you know, apologetic about it. And she said like, she, of course she was crying because, you know, she has to be the victim in like any situation. But like, I was like, I think it was like, even Bro- like Brooks isn't crying. He's holding himself together. Like, why are you crying? And why are you crying in this conversation? It made no sense to me other oh, than very... she felt guilty. Have you ever had people say insulting things about your Kiki online? Yeah. Like, can she stop? talking about her regime like i don't no, nobody else is talking about her no vagine. one else like you she keep has, bringing it up jen she has concocted this idea that there's like equal and opposite discussion online of brooks's sexuality yes. and her vagina and like <laughs> as somebody who spends a fair amount of time on like in like the bravo twitter world nobody's talking about one of nope. those things <laughs> No. And I like the fact that Brooke said, like, if any, if anything, people would believe her before he even had a voice to like defend himself. And I actually, I like really appreciated when he said that. Cause I think like 
that's what made her understand like the the reality of what what she did or what she right. alleged her team did i don't know so again she brought up like she's like he even said like okay your team did it the people seeing those tweets don't know your team did it though yeah the whole team excuse is funny because it's like sometimes she is really like adamant about that but then there are certain times where she'll say things where she's like, okay, but like when I, you know, if I'm like, if somebody's attacking me and then I say something, it's like, I I thought it was your team. Like, I thought none of this was coming from you. So like, I don't know if she is like, if she can't get her story straight or if she just like, it's a mix, but whatever. I feel like we are for now going to move on from, you know, talking about the Brooks tweets, which I think is for the best. I think it was like a fun little, you know, intro to the season storyline, but I'm ready to move on to some other things. Um, I don't know though, if I'm ready to move on to Salt Lake city guys night. (laughs) No, no. Okay. No, it felt a little, it felt a little like they really want to have like a Jersey guys dynamic and it's just not quite there. They are not a group of men that I want to watch. They have, zero chemistry they have zero anything in common the women are not friends this was the most forced scene i've ever seen in my life like it was because john and justin are friends and they want to hang out more essentially is why they want the women to be like friends but it, it got weird they started talking about sex they were like fist pumping each other i was like this is so like bizarre this group feels weird because it's like, okay, so so John Barlow and Seth, I guess, actually have known each other for a long time because their wives have been friends. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, John and John and Seth, sure. Sharif doesn't seem like he would hang out with any of these guys. I don't really buy that. Like, I feel like he like lives in a different world. He's out of town all the time. Like, I don't know. And then the whole Justin thing, it's like. Okay, so like John and Justin, maybe they enjoy each other's company, but like really they're like that close that it like makes a difference. Like that's a reason that their wives should like stop fighting with each other. I don't know. I just like to me, I don't necessarily buy it that much. Like it feels a little forced for filming versus like, you know, I think some of those guys are friends with each other, but like. I want to see like Robert senior at the guys night. Like (laughs) why (laughs) not like, not like actually, but it's like, if you're going to do a guys, like where's Robert senior, if you're invited, what Dewey wasn't there. Like it, I don't know. Like that's why it felt very random and weird. And they were just like, let's be optimistic. We're all optimistic that the women will, will be friends. But I certainly was not about that (laughs) night. I did like the, I liked the scene with Meredith and Heather. First of all, I always like seeing them ski because that's just like something that's not part of my life. And so it's Mm -hmm. fun that they just like casually go skiing for an afternoon. But um, I thought that Meredith and Heather had a really nice chat. And like Heather is clearly in a place with her daughters and her parenting where she could use a little helpful, friendly advice Um, And I thought it was nice to see her and Meredith having like a real conversation about that. Yeah. And just, I guess, giving advice about like 
what each other does regarding the birds and the bees and Heather's like laughing because she wants her daughter to have the opposite, like, I guess, adult life that she had. And she like doesn't want her to not do the things that she didn't do. So we obviously and she got into um, Santa Barbara, which is really great. Apparently, she seems like very smart because she applied to all all other like big school. Big I know her list of schools. schools. Yeah, yeah. Like all those like UC schools are not easy to get into. So, and yeah. So she, we see like next week though, like she actually like does have the conversation and she's like, so funny. Heather is hilarious. So it, <laughs> it's just like anything she does and says is so funny. And I, I do like her and Meredith's um, friendship. It's very fun. It's very fresh, which I and feel like uh, it, there's never fighting between those two. You hopefully. know, just just so everyone knows Meredith Marks, huge fan of condoms, <laughs> you know, she, she, when Heather's like, when Heather's like, what? So you just brought them like, you know, a Capri Sun and a box of condoms. And Meredith's like, well, I don't actually really like my kids to drink juice. So probably just the condoms. <laughs> oh, I was like, dying. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't, it, it was, it was, it was a very cute afternoon, but we'll I see. Capri Sun. I, I I know I see all these TikToks about like, you shouldn't people. I actually saw one yesterday and I scrolled right past it because I saw one already and I I didn't want to get grossed out. But if you cut it open and like the insides kind of gross, I don't know. Now I'm turned off by Capri Suns. However, we're going. Okay, never mind. I don't know. Like something was, I don't know. But like, sorry to not give detail in that, but I just like whatever. But speaking of nostalgia, I had Dunkaroos last week. I bought Dunkaroos. I bought a vanilla and a chocolate pack within the hour. Got sick because as Dylan knows, like I can't like eat that stuff. The the little tum-tum, the little tum-tum wasn't doing so good. Worth it is what I would say. Dunkaroos are worth it. Good to know. If I see them, I will have. Exactly. Exactly. Um, (laughs) Okay. Let's get to the last big scene from this episode, which is Whitney and Lisa. Our second big, you know, sit down, sit down of the episode. This felt a little bit. Um, I almost the the word that's coming to find is premature. Like I felt like, you know, these two. It still feels really like fresh, kind of some of the issues between them, and I felt like maybe it would have been better for them to see each other in like a group setting first or something. You know, like get the toes wet a little bit, but no, we're sitting right down and, you know, they're just not quite on the same page. And I think they both they are like in different books. I think almost for the show, they would like to be getting along because that would make their lives easier. But I think they really actually just like, aren't that compatible as people And I don't think Lisa is really helping matters because I think she's like, she's almost like a little bit gaslighty in the way that she talks to Whitney. Like when she says, like, I don't think that, you know, to me, we are friends. And so like, you know, it's, I don't think that we need to like become friends. It's like, in what world do you think that you two are friends right now? And I liked that Whitney actually was like, I mean, I don't think we're friends. Like they clearly have 
animosity toward each other, whether Lisa would admit it or not. You know, just the last episode when Whitney's like, you know, why are we, I don't want to talk in front of this. Like, it's not, they're not treating each other in a way that friends would. And it doesn't seem like, like, I don't think they have, it's not just like, oh, we need to solve this one disagreement and then we'll get our friendship back. Like, I don't think they have a friendship to begin with. No. And going to a place like that is always awkward to me because it's like, you guys need to have a conversation and just like talk. Like then you have to, you're ordering the pie, you're sharing the pie. You don't need to share pie like during this. And then Whitney was like, and I'm allergic to one. And, and Lisa was like, Oh, okay. So I'll have that, whatever. Oh, it's so good. And they're having gin. She's like, do you like gin? I was like, this is again, so awkward, whatever. She wasn't getting it. She thought, like I said, she thinks that it's just what she says is going to be how it is. Oh, I think we're friends. And I think she wants Whitney to be like, okay, so like we're moving on. And I, that's not how it is. And Whitney kind of repeated the things that have been done in the past. And she's like, okay, so let me just get this straight. Like this was just a misunderstanding. And Lisa was like, yeah, but the things Lisa did and said was not a misunderstanding. That's something you do to be like mean to someone that you're not friends with. Right. The whole misunderstanding thing is like such a cop out from Lisa because it allows her to to take all of these instances in which she was like pretty objectively not nice to Whitney or like kind of a kind of a shitty person or like said something, you know, hurtful. And it allows her to just kind of like brush everything under the rug and just label it as a misunderstanding. And it's like, it's one thing to say like, oh, our communication styles are different or like we, you know, we've gone through our ups and downs, but just to say, oh yeah, we've had all this, these misunderstandings, but I think like, you know, all we have to do is like, you know, uh, like get, get on the same page. It's like, you're not really by doing that. She's like, I hate this word, but she's not owning any of the stuff that she's actually done. When you just say it was all a misunderstanding, it's like you're leaving out anything that you actually did wrong. And I think in this situation, Lisa has some stuff that she should apologize for. To be honest, if she actually thinks like if she's not faking it and she actually thinks that they're friends and that she didn't do anything wrong, like that's actually scary. And that's someone I like (laughs) most definitely don't wouldn't want to be friends with like ever in my life. Like, she was like mean to Whitney, like genuinely mean to her. And listen, not everyone's not innocent. Like, but I, Whitney, they are not, they didn't treat each other like the same. You're right though, that it's like, if the whole point of this interaction is that we're trying to move forward and like build something in the future, if you're still not at a baseline level to acknowledge what the reality of what happened in the past why do you think it's going to be any different moving forward? And I feel like Lisa hasn't shown the ability to really kind of like be honest about, you know, like I always think on housewives, I mean, and in real life, if you're going to like say something shady about somebody, don't then be like, no, you took that the wrong way. Like I would never do like, that was a, a total misunderstanding. It's like, yeah. Like be like, okay. Yeah. Like I said that, like, whatever. I think, with um, I think Garcelle and Dorit this season is a good example that it's like Garcelle did make some digs. And then when she got called on it, she was like, yeah, I did. I don't know. You kind of bother me. Yeah. Like she didn't have an issue kind of 
backing up what she did and sort of sticking to her guns. And I think that's what Lisa sort of needs to work on is that it's like, if you're going to have this sort of character of like having an attitude and saying what's on your mind all the time, you then you need to be kind of ready for people to call you on it sometimes and not just like back down and be like, no, 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 no. I didn't mean to be rude. Yeah. And Lisa's response was what a waste of a Gucci outfit, which means here we go again with the Gucci. Like, seriously, I, I, I mean, it kind of was, but you're she not, got some airtime. <laughs> I, I mean, now I might not be, but it's fine. <laughs> Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get back to enjoying some time in the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring May flowers and also sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have had seasonal allergies for pretty much my entire life. Unfortunately, there are definitely those days where I have canceled my plans because I simply just don't want to be out in the world because of my allergies. But luckily, Claritin is the perfect thing that you can just take at the beginning of the day. And it really helps with all of those symptoms, clearing up your eyes, clearing up your sinuses, clearing up your congestion. It's the easiest way to just get those allergies under control, whether it's in the spring, any other time of year. And it's designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Okay, let's let's talk about Potomac. A Potomac detail that we haven't chatted about is news we got that Nicki Minaj did in fact make a freaking appearance at the reunion. Like I know. she manifested like, that. She did. It's like it's exciting that it really happened, but at the same time, I'm like, what is what is this going to be? Like so yeah. So then I saw y- yesterday that she like apparently like went in on Candace, like and like asked her questions and stuff. So I'm like so excited for this. I think it's hilarious mostly, but celebrities, we'll they're just like us. We'll see. I will say it's an interesting time to be um to be like putting Nicki Minaj on your network. Like you feel like she's been in some hot water lately, but um, whatever, we'll see. The reunion is probably a few weeks away. Yeah. Um, so on this trip, we're still in wherever we are, the Eastern shore. I don't, it's, I, I was going to really. say the East river, East river the East river. <laughs> we're like some, somewhere between Manhattan and Queens. Chesapeake and the East Bay, river. Is that where we are? The Eastern shore, whatever. No, we have no idea where we are. 
isn't the Chesapeake Bay in Man- in Massachusetts? I don't no. know. What's the bay in Massachusetts? I don't know. Bay. <laughs> let us, someone let us, someone let us know. Listen, we I talk can't. about Bravo. We don't talk about geography, okay? <laughs> um, okay, so Candace and Mia pick up where we left off, the salad throwing. We're still in the kitchen. We're screaming. Well, no, um, no, no. Let's not get tossing of the salad. We have to call it that. We have to refer to it like that. Sorry. The tossing of the salad, which... <laughs> Karen is told by the other women means something else, which I wasn't really aware of. What? <laughs> yes. And tea bag, like they taught her everything. Well, oh, yeah, I, knew about, I, mean, I know about tea bagging. I thought tossing, I thought tossing the salad was like just kind of like having sex. Well, like I didn't for those of you who are wondering, sex. it's eating the butt. Analingus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Karen's Karen's horrified by this. Um, but so, but so um <laughs> Mia and Candace are, you know, they're just not feeling each other. And, you know, they sort of get separated as they need to. You know, there's some there's some objects flying on the counter, you know, maybe a, a dish breaks or something. Um, but so Candace is being told you know, repeatedly like, oh, the thing, you know, the thing with her mom, the thing with her mom. And she is fully just like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Candace doesn't want to hear anything. You know, she doesn't want any more information about Mia or Mia's mom or any of the stuff. Meanwhile, Mia wants to leave the trip. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a whole, it's so messy. And like, to the point where it's just like, why are we doing this? Yeah, the fact that, okay, last week she shouldn't have said it in general, but then they were told her about her mom and she was like, okay, this week she did it again and like they are telling her to her face now. And like, I'm sorry that, that yeah, the fact that she's like repeatedly being like, I don't care, like that's really like right. not, not like that's messed up. But like, uh, I was laughing when they kept throwing, she kept knocking things down. And while they're screaming at each other, Ashley, like they're, they're clearing and cleaning the counter, like while they're fighting each other. But it, she, it seems to me that Candace, like something else is bothering her because you can't just like flip out like that over the same thing. You guys already argued about it a few times and just like repeatedly yell the same thing. Like you're not going anywhere. It's not, it's not, nothing's happening here. With this I argument, thought it was, I thought it was interesting. Something I picked up later when when Giselle and Robin arrive, yeah. Candace is sort of, you know, Ashley tells them what happened on the phone, and then Candace comes to their room and is sort of yep. giving them her version of events, and you know, Robin and Giselle are sort of like, okay, so like the thing about Mia's mom is like blah 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 blah, and Candace says to them. Or she said, actually, she says in her confessional, if I had known all that stuff about Mia's mom, I would have come for something else, like her big hands or her big feet. And it's like, that is like such bullshit because it's like, when she made the first comment about her mom being low budget, then she didn't know. Mm -hmm. But like, people tried to tell her multiple times leading up to earlier that day when she's literally screaming over and over and over again about how she doesn't care. She doesn't want to know. She doesn't want to hear it. It doesn't matter to her. And so it's like, yeah, she was like, let me get these digs in. Right. So then for her later to be like, well, if I had known, I, I wouldn't have 
done that thing. It's like you did everything possible to not know. So like, right. I love that they were both telling her she was wrong, to be honest. And the fact that she also said calling the video low budget and calling her mom low budget are equal. And they were like, no. Right. Like, (laughs) I mean, neither of those are like nice things to say, but there's a difference between commenting on someone's event, basically, or someone's, you know, business thing. Yeah. And somebody's family member. I do think, though, Mia's not really doing herself any favors because after the fight, when she is with, you know, some of the women, she's basically standing by her comments about she's like, you know, like when I walked into her, whatever it was, I mean, it was low budget. And it's like, right. But at this point, it's not productive to keep harping on that. Right. And I loved she's saying she needs four hundred thousand dollars, all this stuff. And I loved when Ascala was just like, okay, so do we think for the rest of the weekend, we could just like stop talking about business. business and money and all of this stuff? Because it's like the way Mia brings up her wealth and her success and her businesses and all of this stuff, every single time she brings it up, it feels like she is trying to make the other women feel like shit. And it's like, it's weird. To be honest, that's how it I feel in real life, though. Like when people do that, when you hang out with people who do that constantly, it is annoying. And it's like, what do you what do you want me to say back to that? Like, how do you want me to respond to that? Like, it's it's cool. And it's like, if you have to talk about it, like, I don't know, it's just. You yeah. Know and I mean, to me, it's like talking about your career and your you know, your business and stuff, that's like a natural conversation topic. It's going to come up if you're spending time with people, but the way she brings it up almost to get a reaction out of people, it's like, nobody cares about your net worth right now. Like, that's not what we're doing. Yeah. But, you know, like we said before, like it's Candace is kind of repeating like her behavior and we'll see. I, I don't, I don't want her to keep like doing this with like, her friend, her, well, we'll see. I don't know if they're friends, but like, I don't know. I just, (laughs) I liked her way more in the beginning, but I know it feels like it was almost like only a matter of time though. Cause I think with Candace, (laughs) Candace is one of those people where it's like, she can be really enjoyable and she can Mm -hmm. be really funny. And I think she is a really smart person. Clearly she has musical talents. Like she has a lot going for her. But unfortunately, she has this, you know, dark side that is like this part of her personality. And clearly, it never really goes away. Like it can, she can conceal it. It can maybe be like dormant for a while. Mm -hmm. But like, this is how she deals with disagreements and with arguments and things like that. And then we see it later on in the same episode when they're at dinner and you know she gets turned up about Ashley and then all of a sudden we're back in the same place and we have Chris trying to talk her down again and you know she's refusing to leave the table or to go outside and it's like damn we're really we're doing this like twice in one episode it's like Candace come on I know um okay wait so Giselle and Robin come Finally. But did you notice that they arrived in two different cars, but at the same time? I did not notice that. Okay. Maybe, but they, 
they come and of course, of course there's, I mean, would it be a trip if there wasn't a room slash bathroom situation? The thing that I did like is that when Wendy came to greet them, she did say rooms were picked in order. So like this was the last one, like no one was assigned room. So it's not like this one was like, you guys were just the last to arrive, but. I thought that was fine. I didn't have an issue with that. I did think as a host, it was really poor etiquette or like whatever the way she handled the bathroom situation where she was like, you can go downstairs. She was. Yeah. And like she, she clearly wasn't even interested in helping them figure out a solution. She was just like, it's bathrooms downstairs. And it's like, all these women though, treat like Ramona too does this, but like they treat the host as if she's like, the owner of the establishment they're staying at. Like if one of my friends organized a trip, I don't expect them to assign rooms to each of the people going on it. I don't know. I just have never in my life. Like I do think in that situation, it's like Giselle and Robin had like an actual problem that they needed an answer for. Like, okay. So so like which bathroom am I supposed to use? It's not like, why isn't my bed bigger? It's like, no, like literally which bathroom are they supposed to use? Okay. But in Wendy's defense, there's a bathroom downstairs. That's your answer. There's a bathroom downstairs. It's not like you have to go use an outhouse. Like there's a bathroom in the house and whoever is staying upstairs. I don't know the layout. I don't know who's staying where there's a bathroom upstairs too. I'm assuming in someone's room, but I get it because Giselle, like the foot thing, like she can't go up and down. So in that sense, Wendy would have been like, wait a second. Let me see. Let me, let's see what would work for Giselle. Cause like that would be a good friend because she's like hurt and can't go up and down the stairs. But it just, it felt, I felt like Wendy's response was a little bit petty and I would yeah, have liked to see her was. put aside her issues with them, you know, just for this one little figure out the bathroom situation. Yes. I, <laughs> I it, don't know. That's the perfect, it definitely was petty because, because like she, they're not on the best terms right now, but gosh, these, ba- these room situations on a trip, I, I just, it's so much, I take so much energy out it really does it really does I but it's fun for us (laughs) I enjoyed seeing on the way to dinner Giselle and Karen were seated next to each other and they were having a great little time together and I love that and also the the fact that Chris congratulated Ashley earlier in the episode too when he got when she got there that was very nice that was a really nice sweeping up the lettuce (laughs) while he was sweeping the lettuce he's like hey just wanted to let you know um, and it, when he said that, like being a mom looks really good on you, it's like, that's, a, that's a really nice thing to say. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, Candace is clearly not, I don't think ever going to be in a place with Ashley where she can extend even, you know, a simple courtesy like that. That's so, so frustrating because as much as I wanted Candace and Monique to be friends, I like want Candace and Ashley to be friends too. And it's just can't always get what you want. I know. And it felt like for, you know, they, they seem like the kind of people where they're not necessarily fighting every episode. And it's not one of those feuds where it's going to be the main storyline for the whole season. Mm -hmm. But if you think about it, you know, this was like episode 14 or whatever, and it sort of got freshly unearthed and it's like, oh, this relationship is like 
just as toxic as it was a year ago. Like there's not been any progress between the two of them. I don't think there's going to be, you know, Candace brings up again last year when Ashley wrote the letter for Monique Mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, yeah, still, obviously still it's, you know, not a great thing that Ashley did, but like clearly the passage of time has not sort of helped Candace get over it at all. And so it's like, (sighs) I'm, it almost makes me glad that they're not at each other's throats every single episode, because I think that would be exhausting. Whereas, you know, this is really only the second or third time this season that we've seen them sort of clash directly. Yeah. And then it like fades away. Like, you know, they're not as um uh explosive as when like I don't know. I don't know. It's very weird. Their fights are very contained, I should say, contained. Right. It's like they it, it gets it burns hot and fast and then <laughs> why they kind of explosive, burning, contained. It's almost like, like it it's almost like they don't I feel like they dislike each other, but they don't like fighting with each other that much. So they just kind of like squabble for a second and then like find something else to focus on. Yeah, it's fine. Whatever. But <sighs> well, another day, another, another day in Potomac or wherever they are. <laughs> Chess- is it the Chesapeake? We have to get back to you guys about <laughs> where we are on the map. <laughs> I have no idea. I think it's the Chesapeake. That sounds right. Either way, where wh- whatever bay you're in, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow talking about Vanderpump Rules and Below Deck Med. <laughs> in the meantime, don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen so you never miss an episode. Follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches and just be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.